everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we love talking with authors on this podcast. So it's so much fun for us to have Kelsey Stelting here on the podcast. And Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yes. So why don't you introduce yourself? It's your first time on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got started writing. So my name is Kelsey Stelting. I write body positive romance uh, for young adults and women. I've been writing for forever, but I've been publishing for six years. Uh, And it all just kind of started with me writing things that I wish could have happened to me, (laughs) like playing around in a fantasy land, which was super fun. And over the years, I just have kind of followed that creativity and really had a lot of fun creating happily ever afters. Mm-hmm. So do you, you grew up as a reader? Then? I did. I read a lot. Um, my family lived like 20 miles outside of town, so there wasn't a lot to do. <laughs> so we would always like go into the library and I would come home with stacks like 10 books deep to try and read. And like, you know, most kids get forced to read. And my mom would always be like, you've been reading all day. You need to go outside. (laughs) So I was always like, had my nose in a book. Did you have your favorites or franchises? Oh yeah. I mean, all the, all the usual ones. I really loved Harry Potter when I was younger. Um, and I would like my habit at the library was I would go through and pick out whichever books were the thickest because I knew that those would last me longer. (laughs) So I just read like a lot of everything from like, Mm -hmm mysteries to fantasies or whatever I wasn't super picky about that I just wanted the longer stories yeah so how did you decide okay I'm gonna actually write and then what was that process like to get to the first published book oh I was a hot mess (laughs) (laughs) okay so I grew up in the middle of nowhere on on a farm and when you grow up like that and then you're academically gifted everyone says you should become a veterinarian And so I went to college and majored in animal science, um, to be a veterinarian. And did you like science? I loved science. Mm. That's why I just love a lot of different things. (laughs) There are things that, you know, I really love about like the agrarian type of lifestyle. And there are things that I wasn't so hot on, um, but I just always felt like that pull that I needed to write and I needed to create and share And about halfway through my degree, I was going to add an English double major. And they told me it would add a year and a half to my graduation time. And I was like, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) So I finished the degree, still wasn't totally sure how I was going to work, like writing into the story, what it was going to look like. I just started like kind of, um, testing the waters like I would write short stories and submit them to competitions and um I would write like stories of people that I really loved so I interviewed my grandma and told like her life story and that's really what started it was because I was getting ready to go to grad school in in nursing because I still had no idea what I wanted to do and was afraid to admit what I wanted to do And uh, I wrote my grandma's story and I sent it to her and she said, it feels so good to be seen like this. And I just broke down into tears because like, that's how I wanted to make people feel like that's Mm -hmm. what had been missing out of all my career paths was like that power 
to use my words to help people. Um, and so, so my grandma, sweet to hear that from your grandma. I know it meant the Aww. world to me. She was my hero and like my best friend. And, you know, to have her like, to be able to give her a little bit of what she gave me growing mm-hmm. up was the best. She, uh, eventually she got cancer pretty shortly after that and, um, passed away. And I was like, I want like her story needs to be told. And there are a lot of other women from my hometown who had never really been heard in that way. And so I interviewed a bunch of them and put it all together into like a multi-biographical book, my nonfiction book and published it. And that was like kind of my toes in the water of publishing. And from there, I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> so I just kept going. Was so, really- you sub- so you submitted, just <laughs> you just submitted a, your book to your first book. You just sent it in? Uh, so basically what happened was there was one publisher in Kansas that I thought would be a good fit. It was like, oh, there's my dog. You can see. <laughs> it was um, University of Kansas Press. And I submitted the idea to them and they're like, well, basically we don't think there are enough people to be interested in this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and also like, you're wrong <laughs> because these are fabulous stories and these women deserve to be heard. And uh, I applied for a grant through um, like the community foundation and I got it for like historical preservation. And I used those funds to do, a, it ended up being like a 600 uh, book print run. <laughs> and I sold it at the county fair. It was very like, <laughs> very rural That's small time, but it like, it really opened a lot of doors for me. Mm-hmm. So how did you then go from that to, to fiction? Oh, I had always loved fiction and had fiction stories bouncing around my head. And once I had this book out and I kind of learned the process of like working with an editor and finding a cover and formatting your books and all of that, I was like, oh, I can just keep doing this with my fiction. And in the meantime, as I was publishing that book, I was listening to tons of podcasts about like, I would listen to authors on podcasts and I would listen to self-published authors on podcasts and listen about how to get an agent. And I was just soaking in all this information. And to me at that time, I really thought, you know, independent publishing is the way I want to go for now. And that's just, I kind of like dug my heels in and went with it. Mm -hmm. So you reached out to some of these independent publishers and they were willing to to give, give your, one of your, uh, fiction books a shot? No, I just, <laughs> no. uh, I did it all on my own. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm an independent author and that means that I, um, uh, I manage the whole production process of my oh, books wow. from, I work with editors on contract, cover designers, proofreaders, all of that. And I manage, um, the uploading through Amazon and other platforms, and it's a learning curve for sure, but it's definitely one that I've enjoyed. That's great. So would you consider yourself a pantser or a plotter? <laughs> um, I, at the beginning of my career, I was a very hardcore pantser. And now I usually like loosely plot at the very beginning of the process and then just like discovery right my way through it. Mm-hmm. So how did you come up with this idea of the curvy girl books? Hmm. 
Well, I, before I wrote the Curvy Girl Club, I had written a series about a girl um, named Abby and she was plus sized and she really struggled with like self-acceptance and loving her body and um, trying to find a way to like, just make sense of it in the world as a high school um, girl. And people really responded to that story. A lot of people really loved it. Some people really hated it, which is fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought about what I enjoyed so much about writing that story. And it was that I was able to put so much of myself and my experience as a plus size teen into it. And I thought like this needs to be spoken about. It needs to be said. I don't see a lot of teen books with plus size girls getting their happily ever afters. So I'm just going to write the book that I wished would have been in my school library when I was growing up Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it wasn't like, I mean, I went to a small school, so it was a very small library anyway, but all of the romance novels were like Lurleen McDaniels or like, um, what's his name? Nicholas Sparks, where people die in the end. I was like, I don't want to read this kind of romance. (laughs) Yeah. I want to read happily ever afters. And I want to read about big girls getting them. Mm -hmm. Well, what I like too, is it totally could have been a gimmick, but you said it's kind of just a hook to get people into the stories. And then it's, you really don't talk about it that much within the story. It's just the characters. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Yeah. I thought, I just wanted a place where girls like me felt seen like, Mm -hmm. and by naming it the curvy girl club, like, I just wanted to send a real clear signal. Like this is what it is. It is for my people. And I hope that they love it. And a lot of people have really enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. which feels great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, sometimes stuff like this can be a little bit patronizing. It's not, uh, it feels like it doesn't feel authentic to the characters, but I think that these books actually do like they have actual like good characters. It's not just (laughs) that they're curvy. Uh, it's just like kind of a fun way to kind of hook you into the story. And then, then they actually have good characters. And do you see, I think you have 11. Is that right? I have 11. Yes. And my 12th book is on the way. All right. So would you have a favorite of the 11? Oh, I think probably, um, it's so hard. I think probably Rory and Beckett, just because they are the ones who got this all started. And I really love Rory's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be really embarrassed about it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Kind of personality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um I really do love uh Ginger and Ray because Mm -hmm. when I write about them I could just write and write and write and write like so much comes up when I write about them yeah well I've read three of them so far and and I wanted to even get more in but with this traveling and everything but uh I've read quarterbacks which is Rory Beckett Mm -hmm. and that one's a lot of fun her her parents are intense they're a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because reviewers will be like, no one's mom is like that. And I'm like, girl, please. I know at least like five people have had moms like that. <laughs> yeah. You also have mean girl merit. Yeah. And she's, yes. she's intense too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, sure. it's a lot of fun. And then you have the billionaires is probably my favorite. So you have Jordan and Kai. 
And at the beginning of the book, her mom tells her, cause she's working as, as like a cleaning service for him and his fancy house. And her mom says, don't fall in love with the client's, the client's yes. son. <laughs> <laughs> one rule. <laughs> yeah. One rule. Uh-huh. When, and then the meet cute is pretty fun in that one. Yes. I love she's, it. It's a little risque. Yeah. <laughs> she's changing and he sees her and he's like, oh. yeah I love Kai and and Jordan they're so fun because Jordan has um I feel like I put a little bit of myself into each of my characters and um when I believe in things I really believe in them hard and I feel like Jordan's that way too yeah and it's so it's so fun to see how people react to the story because some people love that part about Jordan and some people are just like Oh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it has like a, a tiny bit of sort of enemies to lovers, I think in there, you know, mm-hmm. she's super judgmental of him and like, mm-hmm. how can you be wasting all this money and, and, uh, and you could be helping people and, and, uh, you know, he's just kind of like, I'm just living my life. Like I, I don't, <laughs> it's not my fault. Like I'm 17, 18, like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then his dad is, is pretty snobby mm-hmm. at first, you know, he comes around a little bit, but, but, uh, but then her mom has, there's like a whole wounded side to her mom mm-hmm. because part of the reason she has to work so hard is that her, their, her daughter, Jordan's sister passed away from cancer. So all these medical bills. So that's really sad. Right. Yeah. It gives us some heart, I think, to the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, a lot of times girls wish that they had that like best friend relationship with their mom, um, which is wonderful. And that's what Jordan has with her mom. But like, sometimes that's hard too, because it's hard to walk that line between mom and daughter and friend and friend. And I really like, yeah, see, I really like seeing that play out and just kind of seeing that like, you know, parents have trauma that they haven't worked through either that can affect the relationship. Like it's not just Mm -hmm. kids or teens that (laughs) make mistakes. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was kind of fun to write. Yeah. Well, and I can't remember if she's, her mom was an immigrant. Yeah. She, her mom, her mom's parents came. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that kind of adds a layer too, that she thinks people are judging her for that as well. Not only, her, the fact that she goes to this fancy school, uh, but you know, that lives in this apartment complex this, ha- mm-hmm. and also that her mom is a maid, she works, you know, and, and just everything she feels like very judged. Yeah. So it's not just her body that she right. feels insecure about. It's like everything. Right. Right. My, my editor, as we were working on this, she was saying, it's almost like, uh, poor girls can't date billionaires too. It's not just yeah that's true well and it's always very very swoon worthy in these kinds of books when a guy is just I don't want to say pursuing a girl because that makes it sound creepy but like (laughs) there's no sense of like settling at all like Mm -hmm. he is into her from the very beginning and that is very very attractive oh I love that I love writing (laughs) books where the guys fall first or the guys fall harder (laughs) 
And <laughs> it's so funny because um, like alpha heroes are really in right now. People love reading about those like rough around the edges guys. And I'm like, no, give me a cinnamon roll. Give me a guy who's really yes. nice. I will take that every day of the week. <laughs> we were just talking about that on our sex in the city podcast because Harry is so confident and is so into Charlotte from the very mm-hmm. beginning. He's just like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I mean, it's hard to resist something like that. <laughs> yes. Sex in the City is one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh man, we'll have to get you on City Girls Pod. But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, just the way he's so like confident that mm-hmm. it's, it is very attractive. And he's, she's just like, how am I falling for this nerd? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This nerd lawyer. yes well and I think there's a point in time where you're like okay well this is the kind of guy that I had always imagined but like then this guy comes and surprises you yeah you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. she didn't expect to fall for Harry but he was exactly what she needed yeah well and I think that's why that's the relationship they're really kind of stuck Mm -hmm. you know because it uh it it was the one that uh just made the most sense yeah as far as their chemistry and everything I mean she (laughs) She gave up Jesus to be with him. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. I love Charlotte. <laughs> I We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Writing duo Christopher Palaha and Anna Gomez are back with the second book in their From Kona With Love series, Where the Sun Rises. Dubbed as a modern Romeo and Juliet by the San Francisco Book Review, Where the Sun Rises has become a highly anticipated follow-up depicting multicultural romance, love, loss, and redemption woven into a family saga set in the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Though connected, each installment in the From Kona with Love series can be read as a standalone. The series falls into the genre of clean romance and is best known for its lush island backdrops. Says Publisher Weekly of the first installment, quote, Gomez and Palaha's descriptions of Hawaii are postcard worthy. The breezy pace and gorgeous setting will stoke readers' wanderlust, close quote. Where the sun rises promises to whisk readers away to the idyllic island of Hawaii. Protagonists Mele Moana and Adam Yates meet at the wedding of Mele's friend, Andy, where they are paired up in the wedding party to walk down the aisle together. Their worlds couldn't be more different. Mele is the daughter of a plantation worker, and Adam is the son of one of the richest men in Oahu. They do have one thing in common, though. Big dreams. Dreams that will take them into opposite shores. But that's not the only obstacle they must overcome. Adam inspires Mele to face her fears, and she restores his faith in redemption. Yet, with love comes sacrifice, and the goals they've worked so hard for may end up tearing them apart. Ultimately, Where the Sun Rises is a story about overcoming adversity, the promise of young love, and the valor in letting go. Where the Sun Rises releases on October 11th, 2022, and is available at all major retailers where books are sold. In-person and virtual book signings will be popping up in Los Angeles and Chicago during the months of October and November. Make sure to pre-order your copy of Where the Sun Rises today at your local brick-and-mortar bookstore, and it'll be waiting for you to enjoy on October 11th. 
In the meantime, immerse yourself in the Kona world by reading moments like this. More information can be found here at, at vesuvianmedia.com slash from Kona with love. That's vesuvianmedia.com slash from Kona with love. All right. Well, then you also, I read the Curvy Girls Date Cowboys. So that's Ginger and Ray, like you said. Mm-hmm. And that one's a fun one. This is another one where she has very difficult parents. Mm-hmm. And her parents don't want her to go away to college because she has asthma and they're afraid of her being on her own. Right. And then also they're, they're like super judgy of farmers. Yeah. They're very crunchy people. Yeah. Crunchy. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny. Some of that comes from life experience. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up on a, on a farm and a ranch and I was very like, um, I guess immersed in that lifestyle. And then my husband and I studied abroad in Costa Rica to do language immersion and learn Spanish. And I was in a class with 12 people and 11 of them were uh, either vegetarian or vegan. And one of them was a raw vegan. And so I felt like every time I spoke about my upbringing, which is a huge part of who who I am, who I was, I felt so attacked and people yeah. never really gave me a chance. So I felt like Ray, like I probably was a little crusty at first. <laughs> so that was fun to put into, into Ray. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's right to be kind of crusty because they are really rude to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and it's not like, it's not like they're Purdue or something like that. They're like a small family <laughs> farm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And well, it's so funny because there's, I mean, there, there's like so many ways to other people, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's true. I mean, I guess it has to be organic for these people mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. or it's no good. Yeah. It's no good. And, and they have like all these pamphlets ready for her and telling her like she can't be with this person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I just imagine like Ginger and her mom 10 years later when she's trying to buy cleaning supplies for her house and her mom's like no you can't use bleach <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're supposed to be like well if, 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 uh, just give me a deal on your organic stuff I guess I'll use it <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah because they own like a co-op kind of a, a thing type yeah situation. it's like a health food store mm-hmm. yeah and I mean I can see why they'd be nervous about her going away to school but at a certain point, I mean, you can only have her be at home for so long and it's not like, it's not like she can't function by herself, you know, like she's a smart person. She'd have roommates too, I -hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like that trauma response as a parent, you know, when you, when you see your children go through something really hard, there's something that unlocks inside of you. And you're like, I will do whatever it takes in my power to stop that from happening again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people take it overboard, right? Yeah. Like her parents, like, no, <laughs> I don't want you to like leave home and go to college. I have to make sure you take your, your medication every day. Like, mm-hmm. but there's definitely growing pains for both yeah. of them. But I think in a way it's a good thing because it sort of forces you to be independent and right. to have your own voice and, mm-hmm. and you can't really lean on, on other people because, uh, they're going to, you know, try to, try to, to force you to be somebody that you don't want to be. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it was really fun to write her parents because in a lot of teen novels, it's like the parents are cool with them doing anything mm-hmm. or like having co-ed sleepovers or the kids always like sneaking out the window at night and the parents never notice. Yeah. Um, that or they're like, like I- completely <laughs> unreasonable. And yes. like, I mean, the parents in, in, uh, in, um, uh, not goodwill hunting in, um, ah, in Robin Williams movie, I can't, all of a sudden it left me. Oh no. What's it called? Sorry. I just had a brain wipe in, um, good, po- but dead poet society. Oh yeah. Like, My husband and I were just talking about that one. Yeah. The parents in dead poet society. It's like, <laughs> heaven forbid your child is in a play. I mean, it's like the worst thing that <laughs> right? I ever have to do. Yes. Yes. See what I mean? There's like so many ways that people can be like, get away from me. <laughs> I mean, is it Shakespeare for goodness sakes? <laughs> How dare you in Shakespeare? Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Some people just really like latch on and it just creates this need to be like, I've, I've got to breathe. I have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think maybe sometimes people forget how lucky they are to be able to be a parent and to be able mm-hmm. to have, I, I'm, I know it's like super stressful and hard, but there are a lot of people that don't even get that opportunity. So right. be grateful. Right. Yeah. You know, too. But, uh, so I've read these three now, which one would you say, okay, here's the next one I should read. So technically there's a chronological order to them where mm-hmm. you can follow the friend group. Yeah. I skipped one. <laughs> so the next one is, yeah, you've read the first three. The next one is Curvy Girls Can't Date Bad Boys. That's Zara. And she is super fun because she represents the curvy girl that's like very confident in love with her body, doesn't understand why anyone would ever feel bad about being curvy. Um, and sometimes it's just good to have a girl like that in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, I know when, when I started writing these, there were some people who were put off by the fact that the girls had insecurities or had negative self-talk. And Mm -hmm. I think it's great to show the confident curvy girl, but that just was not my experience at all. (laughs) Not even close. I don't think anybody is hundred percent confident all the time. I mean, that's why I said these books could have just been a gimmick, but they're actual characters that have ups and downs and, and more, so I, to me, that's all the better for it. I wouldn't want somebody that's just like a bland, always, you know, <laughs> feels good about herself all the time. Yes. Not realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even for people who aren't plus sized, you know, they have their own insecurities. So yeah, I just really wanted to like be honest in my fiction mm-hmm. as honest as one can be in a made up story <laughs> and show that like, yeah, you can feel bad about yourself. Like you don't need to beat yourself up for your beating yourself up thoughts. You know, like yeah. sometimes you feel bad about yourself and you're like, how I dare I say those things about myself. And it just like compounds when, if you just acknowledge like, yeah, that wasn't a pleasant thought. Let's move on to something else. Mm-hmm. It would be way more productive. Yeah. So you do have a curvy girls date curvy girls. Yes. That's exciting. That was my pride edition. I was so nervous to write it. Um, There's a lot of discussion right now in writing circles about um, who can write 
which voices. And so I was very cautious with this one and I made sure to consult um, people who have experience in those roles and relationships. And it was really fun. It was really scary, but it was super fun. And I, <laughs> I love those characters too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, you have uh, Curvy Girls Date Bullies. That one sounds interesting to me. So you have yeah. bad, bad boys, and then you also have bullies. <laughs> So, okay. So bully romance is a trend. Oh, it <laughs> in, is in romance. Yeah. People, a lot of people go gaga over bully romance, which is like, I'm saying the whole like alpha whole hero who is mean, but <laughs> the girls fall in love with them, which I'm like, ugh, that hurts my heart. <laughs> and then I thought like for curvy girls, I was thinking about it. I was like, the last person a curvy girl would want to date is a bully when they've been bullied their whole lives about yeah. their size, if that's happened. And I was well, like, it's always tricky too when you're talking about like a in a romance that somebody changes another person mm -hmm. or they change for another person. That's always right. a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a line to walk there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I kind of got to thinking about it and Actually, the bully in the story is Ginger's bully. Oh. And the one who like harasses her on her way into school. Right. And so I'm like, okay, this is like the most irredeemable character, which is a, is a fun challenge. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then the girl in the story is Corey, who's Ginger's younger sister, which is oh. like another layer. Like how in the world could you ever fall for your sister's bully? That's cute. And That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the fun thing about Corey is that she's just like a complete spitfire <laughs> and has no shame about anything. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the way that she handles it is really nice to me. And the way that the bully grows throughout the story, um, maybe not because of Corey, but because of the consequences of his actions, I'll say is, is really, it felt healing to me to see mm -hmm. a bully recognize the error in their ways yeah. and then, you know, turn to love. Well, you also have curvy girls date best friends. So it's obviously a friends to lovers story, which I'm a huge fan of. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yes. I think you'll love it. Everyone loves Callie and Carson. The fun, <laughs> the hard thing for me, I hardly ever write friends to lovers romance because I'm like, okay, you like each other, just get together. <laughs> like, what's your excuse at this point? <laughs> so but you don't want to ruin the friendship. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so I won't, yeah. So that's my challenge with friends to lovers, but it was so fun to like pull them apart and see the ways that they were holding themselves back. And sometimes I would just be writing and be like, oh. I'm so annoyed with you right now. <laughs> no, it is completely frustrating and unbelievable. It's just like, how can you not see that this person is clearly in love with you? But there's right? something that's just so intoxicating about that formula. It's one yes. of my favorite tropes. Oh, and I think, I mean, that kind of leans into the whole like cinnamon roll guy. Like it's someone that you innately know that you can trust, which is mm -hmm. everything that you want in a romance. Yeah. So that's, Yeah. I love best friend heroes too, yeah. but they're very hard for me to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a little, it would be a little easier with YA because 
it's not like you really have had that long of being, I guess, friends, you know, it's yeah. not like when you're these women that are in Hallmark movies that are in their like thirties and forties, and they still haven't figured out that their assistant is in love with it, or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Or like when Harry met Sally. I love that movie because it's like all of the tropes together. Yeah. It's like enemies to lovers, we're friends to lovers. True. <laughs> um, yeah. And at a certain point, you're like, come on, like there is no reason to be waiting anymore. Yeah. I know. We're all like Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher. Like, finally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love it. It's my favorite in that movie when she's like, and I'm going to be 40 in eight <laughs> years. <laughs> but it's there. Yes. That's so good. Nora Ephron was a genius. Mm -hmm. She's the best writer, uh, screenwriter I've ever. So good. Uh, So also Kirby Girls uh, date rock stars. Yeah. So is that like a teen, um, teen heartthrob? Yes. I followed him after like an aged up Justin Bieber. Uh huh. not like just in his like rise to stardom and how like mm-hmm. all the girls love him and they come up with their like fandom names like yeah call themselves believers so his name is jude santiago and he has the fantiagos who follow him oh. <laughs> and it was like any girl who is going to take his heart also needs to contend with this huge like mob uh-huh. <laughs> which was fun and it wasn't like because a lot of rock star novels are like almost enemies to lovers like oh I don't care that you're famous I don't like you at all um but but Des the main character in this story wanted to be a singer herself and so it was like she was on his level a little bit Mm -hmm. and that was fun and he like had noticed her and helped her rise so it yeah I I just love that one of my favorite tv movies ever uh, is a, an old lifetime movie, I think from 2007 called love notes. And it's about a, a, a country superstar and a, a classical music podcaster, basically NPR lady, whatever that end up kind of having this bling together. She gets pregnant and then she has to go find him. Of course, this is lifetime, not Hallmark, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so good. That's good. That's it's just always like a fun dynamic that uh mm-hmm. oh yeah. And then I loved um I watched Forever My Girl. Oh yeah. For this mm-hmm. one, that movie was so sweet. I wanted him to take a shower throughout the whole movie. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> He's <laughs> always so like yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. 
That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. But, uh, but yeah, they just had a good one actually on Hallmark, Love in the Limelight. Uh, oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah, there's a boy band member who uh, started, is based on true story uh, about uh, they, this boy band member started writing uh, this pen pal one of his fans uh, and uh, finally they uh, they decide to meet and it's kind of their cute story and it's it's got, it's starring the Penavegas you know our, our real life couple obviously and uh, I really enjoyed it it was very cute I need so. to watch it pen pal romances are like that's my mm. favorite trope of all time you'll like it then yeah for sure uh, you also have Curvy Girls Date Princes yes how yes. to throw a royal one in there that was definitely <laughs> like the prince and me type story mm-hmm. but also a little bit of forbidden romance because he he's her parents born exchange student and so he lives across the hall from her and you know love is explicitly forbidden <laughs> and that was always fun because my school had foreign exchange students growing up but they were mostly girls and I was always like why can't there be a cute guy <laughs> with an accent to come fall in love with me and take me to France. <laughs> so I just wrote about it. I mean, simple dreams. I mean, come on. Obviously. Is it too much to ask? <laughs> Highly possible. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so do you have one, the Curvy Girls dance? Is that not a love story? It is a love story, but it's more of her reaching her goals. And this is actually inspired by I'm not sure if you like heard of her story, but there was a girl named Lizzie Howell and then also a girl named Amanda LaCount. And both of them had similar stories to where like they grew up dancing and they had dance teachers who basically like said, you're too big to be a dancer. You can't dance with our studio and caused them a lot of pain um, because you know, they were basically told they couldn't do the thing that they love just because of their size. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of them have like continued their dancing careers and are continuing to move forward and doing great things for other people. And I, I just- think I saw <clears throat> some of those viral. Yeah. 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 And I was like, okay, <laughs> I love this. Let's add some romance <laughs> and some like girl power. hmm and it was it was really fun to write yeah that's cool uh well if you were going to turn one of your stories into a movie which one would you pick well obviously i'd love book one to be a movie because then they could do all the other ones afterward (laughs) (laughs) but as i was writing curvy girls can't dance i just like had a feeling like okay this one could be a netflix Mm -hmm. movie like i could really see it speaking yeah. to a lot of people it's very exciting because they just had a movie on hallmark channel they had a very good august in my opinion but they had a movie called romance and style uh with jc elliott and yes i heard about you, that do you see it no i didn't see it but someone posted about it in my readers group it's is i really enjoyed it yeah. and some people said oh it's a little too heavy-handed about the body positivity but to me it made sense because it was her job she worked in fashion so she's trying right. to get plus size designs out there and get them seen. So of course she's going to talk a lot about body positivity because it's, it's a part of her job. Right. Uh, if she was just like a normal person, always spouting, you know, on this soapbox about body positivity, yes. then that would be bad. And that wouldn't make sense. But 
again, it made sense to me because it literally was part of her job. And right. it was such a good example of, as we were talking about how the, uh, the Ben Hollingswood character was immediately into her immediately smitten. Yeah. And that is just so attractive. And I, and I think a lot of us that are, are plus size, uh, are, are, don't get to see that portrayed very often, either in books or movies. And so it's just so sexy. Yes. Well, yeah. and a lot of times, like in, in books or movies, it's like, a second thought to the guy like oh she's been right under my nose this whole time and now I see that we could be together yeah and I'm like okay <laughs> yes that's like in the um fourth Bridgerton mm-hmm. book I uh, they with Penelope they they have they they do that that uh her and um Colin I think Colin right uh that he he's right under her nose uh she, he doesn't notice her he's actually kind of rude to her even though they're supposedly friends and then she loses weight and basically asks him to kiss her because she's like, I want to be kissed once in my life. And then he's like, Oh wow. She's really cool. <laughs> and like, I think the Ben, like there's certain fun in that, I guess, but I was always just kind of like, she deserves better <laughs> right? than this guy who's kind of like, Oh, I just noticed you after 20 years. <laughs> That was such like, that would be such a teenage boy thing to do though. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how are they going to do this in the series? Because they, they, they dropped the hints at it in the last season when he says, oh, I'm never going to, I would never marry Penelope and you see her and she's all sad. And I'm like, I know. Hey, Colin. and, uh, and so <laughs> what are they, are they going to, are they going to make that better? I think in the, uh, in the next one, I hope so, but yeah, anyway. I know. I That's know usually I keep what seeing teasers you're... for it and I'm like okay I want to binge this <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right that that's typically how it's portrayed of like oh I guess you are actually beautiful mm-hmm. like uh well I guess <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm so glad you can look past like a yeah. lot of who I am <laughs> but it was it was so much better in this uh in this recent Hallmark movie I was just like oh I, I mean, I, I've always liked Ben Hollingsworth, but he really won me over in this movie. He was yeah. very swoon worthy. Okay. And I need so, to figure out how I can watch that. Yeah. You need to watch it. You'll, you'll really like it. So I'm happy to see the, uh, not only just body positivity, but I felt like it was done right. Yeah. And that made me very, very happy. And I hope, I hope that it's popular enough and loved enough that we keep seeing more of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It is. It is time. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I can, I've said this so many, they make so many movies like Hallmark literally made 11 movies just from July 30th to September 4th, 11 films. I can't think of another studio that had that kind of output in one month, not even in their prime. It's not even Christmas. Right. They make so many, you can, you can have, you, you can have movies for all different audiences within love stories within within that time period well this is what floors me as I think uh I'm not sure what the stats are but it's something like 60 something percent of the U.S. is overweight mm-hmm. and I think we're watching these movies and I don't see 67 percent of the characters <laughs> overweight well and I get that these things are supposed to be aspirational I understand that but 
it's like more aspirational when you see somebody that looks like you having a romance. That's like fantasy. Exactly. And they have shown time and time again with science that you can have health at every size. So the idea that it's somehow like damaging on a like health level is just not true. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. The whole, (laughs) I've gotten that comment too, with my books, like the whole glorifying obesity thing, Mm -hmm. like somehow we should present, pretend like 67% of the population doesn't exist. Yeah. doesn't deserve to fall in love. Yeah. That's not logical. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't track. (laughs) My, I had a, a heart scare in 2020. And so I worked pretty hard to, uh, to lower my salt and to get healthy. And, uh, I went into the, uh, the doctor in, what was it in May, April, May. And he, he was like, <laughs> I, I love my cardiologist. He's super funny, but he was like, yeah, I'm looking at this, uh, echocardiogram results and they're just super boring. There's nothing interesting going on here. You're <laughs> I love that. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I like, that's the, what you want to hear from your cardiologist. You want the most boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, You can have a very boring echocardiogram and be technically, uh, you know, obese or a bigger person. So I don't know. I think that it's great to see more body positivity in films and uh, it's fantasy. It's enjoyable. Hey, this is Jen Johans, host of the podcast, watch with Jen, which delivers a steady stream of great movie recommendations, thoughtful career, deep dives, and first rate conversations with film critics, authors, actors, journalists, filmmakers, and more. You can find Watch with Jen wherever you get your podcasts or hear us first at our Patreon at patreon.com slash film intuition. And that's kind of like what, what got me is around the time that I was like early 20s, they had started putting more plus size models on magazines. And there was a lot of talk about how this is so unhealthy and why would they put them there like a hero? And it just, it really hurt me because, you know, I was like these skinny people on magazines, they're not all healthy. You know, we, we aren't in their doctor's office. We don't know what they're doing. A lot of them have like drug issues or, you know, other things, but we're, Mm -hmm. we're putting them on the front of magazines. So why don't big people belong there too? Because there's not just one way to be healthy. And healthy isn't an indicator of worthiness of being Mm -hmm. seen. Yeah. And like I said, I can send study after study after study that shows that you can be healthy at every size and, and unhealthy at every size. Yeah. Well, actually I was reading an article about that, that said, um, they, they made everything regular across the population, except for, um, weight, you know, they crossed out trauma, they crossed out like socioeconomic status and everything. And the main indicator was like regular physical activity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like size that was an indicator for future yeah. illnesses. And I'm just like, I just, I wish more people would read this. Yes. <laughs> Make it hard. 
Well, I'm glad Instagram better. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad that you are putting out these books that are just fun. I, I, again, when I first, when I first started reading, I was like, oh, is this just going to be, cause I'm not that big of a YA person. That was probably more my sort of reticence, but I just went for it and uh, I really enjoyed them. I thought they were very fun and I can't wait to read them more of them. And I said, I've only done the three so far. Well, I'm really glad. Sorry, my dog's working. That's okay. Well, we like to end with some fun, silly questions. Okay. So here we go. What is the best ice cream flavor? Um, Tillamook vanilla bean. Oh, specific brand, huh? Yes. It has to be a special brand. I'm an ice cream stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite color? Blue. Okay. What music are you into? Anything that I can sing along to. Oh, wasn't that every, you just don't like <laughs> classical music? <laughs> no, no classical music. No, like heavy metal scream out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with like a beat and some, you know, long yeah. notes that I can hold. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. What is your go-to date night food? Oh, <laughs> mozzarella sticks. <laughs> All right. What is your go-to date night activity to go out and do something? Probably going out to eat and then like walking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which do you like better dogs or cats? I think we know dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your dog's name? Gordon. Oh, that's cute. All right. Which do you like better beaches or mountains? Oh, uh, beaches. I live you know, by the mountains, but I like the beaches. <laughs> you know, what would be a fun one is curvy girls can date lifeguards. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. My boys and I play, my boys are uh, eight, four and three, and they always like to say, mom, curvy girls can't date motorcycle drivers. <laughs> Come up with things for the series. Yeah. We'll have to tell them that one. Well, if you, if you do, if you do curvy girls date lifeguards, you have to dedicate it to me. Obviously. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got to know the, uh, the lifeguards in this last trip, uh, cause we went to the beach and I got stung by a stingray which was oh a my wild gosh. experience. I didn't even know they had stingrays in, in California, but, uh, yeah, it was right into the, my, uh, by my ankle and it just like swelled up and it was incredibly painful. And, uh, they had to come and bring, uh, this special bag that keeps the heat in. And then they put in very, very hot water, almost boiling as hot as they can get it. And that's the only way to get the, uh, the venom out of here. That's awful. (laughs) It was wild. It hurt really bad. Oh my gosh. We like grew up in the Steve Irwin generation. (laughs) I mean, I think he actually, that it, that it was more where the sting happened. Oh, okay. that is the reason why he, he died, but, but yeah, I mean, it's not a pleasant experience. I'll tell you that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It was wild. And (laughs) my, and my uh, friend Megan was, I don't like run and get the lifeguard. And and then they came and, and, uh, and lifeguard tie. And, uh, and so it was, it was a wild experience, but, uh, but yeah, I guess what you want to do when you get into the water, if there's stingrays is you want to shuffle your feet and they really should have some kind of sign or something that like stingrays are here yeah. or something because I had no idea. Yeah. So what beach was it? I'm like, nervous. it was in Ventura, down. Ventura okay. beach. Yeah. Good to so, know. And I guess because that particular place was like a Harbor, 
And so it was kind of separated from the ocean at large, not a lot of big waves. And I guess that is why the, where they like to kind of be, but my friend, her husband also got stung by a stingray in, in San Diego. So I guess it's a thing in like Southern California. Uh, Oh my God. The jellyfish in Florida, Florida. nowhere is safe. Uh, All right. Uh, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? I think it's Halloween right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. What What are some of your peak costumes? <laughs> Last year, I was a cow. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> which is fun. Just yeah. being a real main cow, and my husband was a farmer, which is that's cute. Great. I think like one totally... of the main reasons to get married is to do couples costumes. Absolutely. Yeah. I had high hopes for when I had children that we could do like cute family costumes. Yes. Not happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're too invested. <laughs> well, last year I was WandaVision. Oh, fun. And that was fun. Or Wanda, not WandaVision. I was Wanda from WandaVision. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been Tracy Turnblatt. That's one of my favorites from Hairspray. Um, yeah, I love uh, getting the costumes together. Professor McGonagall, I was one year. I was Dorothy. Oh, uh, it's fun to kind of put it all together. I was Chucky from Rugrats one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. I've always just loved like passing out candy and seeing the uh-huh. kids in their costumes so happy. Like, just a great time of year. Yeah. Yeah. I live in a gated community, so you don't get too many, but it is fun when you get to see them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'm going to say 10 things I hate about you. Mm. I loved that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, It's very funny (laughs) and uh, great chemistry. And you've got a lot of different tropes going on there too. Yes. And Heath Ledger was just such a heartthrob <laughs> and my favorite romantic scene of all time is him like dancing across the bleachers yeah I was so just gonna crazy. say when he I mean how can you not love that scene yes <laughs> all the big smiles yeah <laughs> and then you also have like the sub romance with the with Cameron and the sister like mm-hmm. there's just so much love she's him. kind of the worst I kind of her <laughs> I love her character arc yes <laughs> Uh, very good choice. Well, you did it. You answered all the questions. Yay. Very good. <laughs> it was super fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. And uh, if people want to find you on social media or your books, how can they do that? Easy to just search Kelsey Stelting. It's spelled just like it sounds. And I, I should come right up. And I'm on uh, Facebook. If you want to talk with other readers, I have a Facebook group called Kelsey Stelting Readers Club, which is super fun, positive place. And yeah, and my books are on Amazon. So it's an easy search, Kirby Girl Club. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes and on Goodreads. If you want to read my thoughts on books, check it out over there. Uh, all the information will be in the description. And you can also find our affiliate links to all of Kelsey's books in the description. Please take a look at that. 
and uh, check out Hallmarkies Podcast at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of your social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews five stars. It really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. Take a look at that. All that information is in the description. And thanks so much, Kelsey. This was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back. Maybe talk uh, Hallmark movies. Oh yeah, would love that. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.